Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. This is Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others on TalkSport 2. Hello, hello. We are back. Welcome to Women's Football Weekly. We've been treated to a feast of football this weekend. And what a start to the 2021 season already. Champions Chelsea are held by Manchester United. I'm experienced and been in this position enough time to know that there's plenty of games all season and, and it's for us to improve on where we found today. Arsenal hit Reading for six. It's Miedemar. <laughs> howitzer from Vivian Miedemar. And it's a routine win for Manchester City after Georgia Stanway schools newbies Aston Villa. Probably had about 100 chances. But it's just one of them things. Hopefully next week I'll shoot in boots on and hopefully um, a few of them um, will go in the back of the net. And we'll talk about women's football fans being the first allowed back into grounds as West Ham Arsenal is selected as a spectator test event. All that plus we want your winner of the PFA Women's Player of the Year on National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. Women's Football Weekly with Faye Carruthers. Hi, I'm Gemma Davison from Tottenham Hotspur and you're listening to the Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Hello, hello. Lovely to have you with us as ever. Now then, I can't just sit here and talk to myself for the evening, so I have a couple of fantastic guests for you. West Ham manager Matt Beard, freshman is one all draw with Tottenham. Yes, you do need to see you. I'm good, thank you. Excellent. Is that it? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be fun then. <laughs> Flo Lloyd Hughes. Now then, me and Flo work together on various different outlets. It's a pleasure to finally have you on Women's Football Weekly. Have you been busy? Uh, I've been busy the weekend just gone, but hadn't been busy for about six months. So it's good to be busy again. Absolutely. Well, the return of women's football is exactly what that is going to bring. Now then, football is back. We're back. And of course, the goals are back too. So Villa Park is where it all begins. A new WSL season. Oh, there's not enough on that. A Stanway closes down and what a mistake it is at the back, which presents the opening goal. It's easy to give up on that and allow the keepers out of time. But she put her under pressure really well and, and got just rewards. Oh, another mistake at the back. And to profit from it once more, it is Georgia Stanway. It's a good step forward and hopefully we can... Build momentum from here. Jordan Nobbs to Miedemar. 
2-0. Vivian Miedemar is off the mark already. Now Ford and Rudd. And an incredible team goal. It's a good ball by Yelder, and the cross wasn't bad either. That's a lovely Chelsea goal. And it's Sam Kerr. Like I said, I'm just delighted for her. She's got off to, uh, to her first goal in the season. James is hoping for the cross, and Goldson's there too! Manchester United on terms, and it's Leah Goldson who's got the goal. It's big, isn't it? It sets us up in a good stead for the rest of the season, and I think now we can, especially next week going into Birmingham, we can take that and take the confidence from this game into that game. Confidence into that game, into every game. Uh, you heard there from Gareth Taylor, Georgia Stanway, Emma Hayes and Leah Galton there. So the opening weekend, as we expected, plenty of goals. Um, Matt Beard, one all draw with Tottenham. Are you happy with that result? More to come from your side? Yeah, listen, it's obviously we, we lost twice to them last year, so... Um, I felt we, was, we started slow, um, but we expected Tottenham to put us under pressure early um, but I felt as the game went on we grew into it um, so I think a point was probably a fair a fair reflection on the on the 90 minutes um, but we could have nicked it at the end as well with, with Ruby had a, a great chance right at the end but it wasn't to be um, but overall I was pleased with the performance and um, you know we've had a, we've had a good pre-season so it's good to get a point on board and you know we turn our, our attention now to Arsenal next week. Now, one of the first things I want to ask you about is the big announcement that West Ham made last week. Um, for anybody who didn't perhaps hear it, tell us who will be starting for West Ham coming very shortly. Your big signing. Rachel Daly? Yes. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Oh, my she God. Played, she played yesterday. I was giving you... Yeah, no, no, I, I didn't mean it like that. I, me I meant it as in, yeah, I'd forgotten she played yesterday. Uh, well, we messed up that big, uh, that big <laughs> announcement, big didn't we? Yeah. We made a right hat of that one. Anyway, Rachel Daly signed for, uh, for West Ham. That's a massive coup for you. Um, Lioness, obviously, very versatile player um, as well. Um, tell us more about the attributes that she had and why you wanted to bring her to West Ham. Um, I've known Rachel for a long time. Um, obviously, spending time over in America as well, and you know, I was I was at Boston when she got drafted to Houston Dash, but um, we lost Martha Thomas to to injury um, sort of two weeks ago. Who's going to miss at least three months? Um, the Rachel uh, daily opportunity come in and around that same time. So, um, you know, we, we discussed it as as sort of with Jack and with Aiden and. Um, spoke to Houston and our agent. We, we managed to get uh, the loan deal till uh, January, so that that helps us out. But Rachel scores goals; she can play off both feet. Um, you've already said she's versatile. You know, she started as a fullback in her early career, um, and you know she's now a regular in the England squad as well. So, just to have that experience and you know watching what she's achieved over in America and and how she led that group in the recent NWCL tournament was 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 great to see. Um, and she's going to be a big a big asset for us in, in these coming months. What's she going to bring to the dressing room as well, not just on the pitch? What, what, what does she bring off it? Um, she, <laughs> to, to be fair, she trained Saturday for the first time and, and you know, she was, she's just got a great personality. It, it was good to see how, you know, how she rubbed off on so many others and we've got a, a young Swedish international with Nora Mustafa and, you know, the first thing she said to her was, you know, let's have a competition who scores more goals in training. So just little things like that, that little bit of mentality and, you know, the fun aspect to it as well because she does have a, 
a, a great personality. So she's going to be a, a big asset for us. Yeah, she's always good fun, isn't she? It's great to see her back in the UK. Uh, Flo, what were you up to at the weekend? You had your eye over every game. We're going to talk Chelsea in a minute. So pick another game that was a highlight for you. I think Arsenal's 6-1 defeat of Reading was pretty impressive. I think in the build-up to the season, a lot of the attention had been on Man City and Chelsea. So I think it was probably a bit of a wake-up for some of the other teams and also a way for Arsenal to say, look, don't forget about us. We're going to challenge for the title and we've still got such good quality. And to score six on the opening day is a pretty big statement. Yeah, absolutely. However... I feel as if we have to start with Chelsea because they are the champions. Um, it was a really tough opening match for Emma Hayes' side up at Lee Sports Village against Manchester United. It did finish one all. Here's what Manchester United manager Casey Stoney had to say, but first Chelsea boss Emma Hayes. We had the toughest fixture of all the top teams. So, you know, the coming here is has proven to be a single goal game for us. So um, I'm experienced and been in this position enough time to know that... Um, there's plenty of games all season and, and it's for us to get on the training pitch and improve on where we found today. I think it's the first game, to be honest. Uh, you know, I'm a realist in that. It's a fantastic point against the champions, but it's about the next game now. It's about Birmingham and, and making sure to prepare to go and win that. You know, you're only ever as good as your last game, so you've got to make sure that you prepare right for the next one. So as pleased as I am, uh, my job is now to look forward. So... Emma Hayes' job is to is to look forward. Um, Casey Stoney's job is to look forward. Um, what were your thoughts on this game first and foremost, Matt Beard? I've only seen the goal, so I don't have the opportunity to watch the game yet. Um, I mean, it was a tough start for both teams. You know, Manchester United proved last year what a good side they are. They've improved the squad and... Uh, it sounds like they're going to improve the squad again in these coming days, looking at the interview with Casey Stoney and the big smile on her face. Um, <laughs> so, I, I, I've, I've, you know, that's going to put them right in amongst them. And, and for, for me, it's it's a good result just for, I think, for the whole Super League because Chelsea have, they've really strengthened, you know, they've really taken the lead on, on the investment in, in women's football when it comes down to the players that are coming in. So for Manchester United to, to get the point, um, I don't think many people would have expected it because I think Lucy Staniforth was suspended as well. So, you know, she's had players missing that, that maybe would have played as well. So it's a great point for United and, and maybe a bit of a reality check for Chelsea as well, you know, with all the players that they've brought in and, you know, maybe just give them, unfortunately for Bristol, who they've got next week, you know, they kick up the backside a little bit. Yeah, that's not what Tanya Oxtoby needs when she's <laughs> no. beaten 4-0 by, uh, by Everton, really. It's really interesting you say that because... You know, reports in the media uh, this week uh, that United still have some players to come. Um, exciting times potentially with Kristen Press and Tobin Heath, uh, USA World Cup winners expected to join this week ahead of Thursday's transfer deadline flow. Yeah, really exciting. There's been a few Manchester United fans who've been doing some digging on social media and it looks like it's, yeah, any minute now they're going to announce certainly at least one of them and probably both of them, I think. Tobin Heath started following Manchester United women on Instagram and Kristen Press was doing some Instagram interviews from what looked like a hotel room. So, I mean, why else would they be in those circumstances? So, yeah, the rumour had sort of first popped up maybe about a month or so ago, then it gone quiet, now it's back on. And we're still yet to find out where Lucy Bronze and Alex Greenwood are heading, which is supposedly City, but that hasn't been announced. So there's still a lot of deals left to be done. Um... And does that put the pressure on you, Matt, as well? Whereas other clubs are, you know, still signing it. What's your plans for the next few days? 
Um, we're pretty much done, I think. Um, I've been pleased with the players that we've recruited. Um, obviously, Rachel, as we spoke about earlier, was, was an opportunity we couldn't turn down, especially knowing that Martha was going to be out for at least three months. I'm sure there will be movement with, with maybe some other clubs. I think I read about uh, Van der Sand and Link with Arsenal as well. So um, that there's, I'm, I'm sure come Thursday there, there'll be a few more deals on, the, on that will go through. So from a manager's point of view, Matt, is this exciting times for the FAWSL or is there a slight worry? Because it depends whether you're a glass half full person or a glass half empty and from which perspective you're looking at it. But there are big names coming over and plying their trade here now. We're attracting them here because of our football. It's making the league to some more competitive, but other people feel as if the clubs with more money are then, you know, separating it a little bit. What are your thoughts? Well, there's definitely going to be a separation, 100%. You know, I, I think if, if it is true with the players that are going to Manchester United, you're, you're going to have probably a top four, you know, teams fighting out for the top two positions. And I think there's going to be another group of four um, and another group of four there. So it's, it, it's going in the same way that the Premier League is going with regards to the teams. You know, there's regularly the same teams at the top in the top six generally. And, you know, maybe every other year there'll be a team that will break into that. But um, it, listen, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's great. You know, the, there's some fantastic role models for young girls and women to, to go and watch, and um, especially for you know someone like my daughter. I, you know, I was I was I was talking about when I was at Boston that there was a, a picture of my daughter when she was about four years old when we played Orlando, and they was all there to see Alex Morgan and just to see. You know the amount of people that were there to, to to see her as an example, but I think that it's going to be the best league in the world. It's going to be competitive. Um, there's some of the world's best players, and I understand why a lot of the players from overseas are coming here now because we do have great facilities. Everything is done in the right way, um, and you know the FA deserve a lot of credit with all the COVID protocols and the testing and, and, and stuff that's been going on to make us start the season this weekend as well. So there's there's, there's a lot of pluses coming to England now. So we've established that Matt Beard, West Ham manager, is a glass half full person, which is always good to know. Um, so just from a Chelsea perspective, Flo, um, is there any reason for uh, Emma Hayes to be worried? They have spent a lot of money, but it, it appears to me as if she spent that money to strengthen the squad with the Champions League in mind. Yeah, definitely. The ambition is to win the Champions League. And I think we have seen in the past few years that Chelsea have started slowly sometimes and they have struggled to score goals in their opening few games and they've still got a lot of players who need to gel and work together for the first time. I think the only issue with the WSL, and obviously Matt knows this well, is that it's a small league. So if you drop points and you're going for the title, it can really set you back. And what happens is then those games against City and Arsenal are basically title deciders. And it it becomes that pretty early on. So you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself if you don't get those points early. I do think Bristol City, unfortunately, that is, is a bit of a gimme now looking at the situation that Tanya Oxtoby's got and their opening game. So... I would I would envision that they would breeze through that, but it does make some of the other games they've got against you know teams like Matt's team, Spurs, where it's going to be tougher opposition that they need to make sure that they don't slip up again because it's going to you know really throw things out for their ambitions for the season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you are listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport Two. Those were the thoughts of journalist Flo Lloyd Hughes. I'm also with the West Ham women's manager Matt Beard as well. Uh, the nominations, by the way, are out for the PFA Player of the Year. So today. Today we're asking who is your player of the year and why. So it doesn't need to be one of the PFA nominees.
nominated players. We just want to know who your choice would be and exactly why. So get in touch. Tweet us at TalkSport2 or at Faker Others. Uh, next up, we'll see how Arsenal and Manchester City got on in their opening matches. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others. Hi, I'm Leah Williamson from Arsenal Women and you can follow the WSL on TalkSport2. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. This is Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others on TalkSport 2. listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2 with me, Faker Rothers, West Ham Women's Manager Matt Beard and journalist Flo Lloyd-Hughes. So Chelsea dropped points in their opening FAWSL match. So how did the other team, two teams in last season's top three fare? Let's start with uh, Manchester City and a routine 2-0 win over new kids on the block, Aston Villa. It was Gareth Taylor's first league game in charge of City. Let's hear his thoughts and those of match winner Georgia Stanway. There's always more that you can give. I've probably had about 100 chances. Um, <laughs> but it's just one of them things. Hopefully next week I'll have my shooting boots on and hopefully um, a few of them um, will go in the back of the net. But it's it's a good way, it's a good step forward and hopefully we can build momentum from here um, and going on to future games. That's Georgia Stanway. She's just great to work with in that respect. She's got so much energy. You kind of just wind her up before the game and let her go like a, a wind-up toy. And she's just gives you so much um, and although they were like your classic goals, they were very similar in both, but I thought that she really deserved them because it's easy to give up on that and allow the keeper to have time. But she put her under pressure really well and, and got her just rewards. That was Gareth Taylor and Georgia Stanway of Manchester City there. And West Ham manager Matt Beard was laughing along to that audio. Uh, she needs to get her shooting boots on. I mean, blimey. I was just laughing. I had 100 chances. <laughs> um, it, it, was, it was an interesting game. I, I managed to get home to, to watch it after training Saturday. And um, obviously I've seen uh, Gemma's comments. She was disappointed with the first 15 minutes. And I agreed with what Lucy Ward was saying. It's a bit naive the way they, they started and were playing out from the back and put themselves under pressure. But I actually thought Aston Villa gave a good account of themselves once they settled into the game. Um, they should have had a goal. It was never offside, which is obviously frustrating if you're a manager. Um, but no, I think Villa can take a lot of credit from from the way they, they continued in the game. And I'd, If I looked at Man City from the, the community shield and, and to that, they'll obviously be pleased they've they've got three points and they're two ahead of Chelsea already. So it's, it's going to be an interesting you know, next week. You mentioned Aston Villa there. Let's hear from Gemma Davis, obviously the youngest FAWSL manager, uh, leading her side out at this level for the first time. But as you alluded to there, uh, Matt, she said the occasion got the better of them a bit. It was a disappointing first 15 minutes. There was a lot of um, lots of nervous energy, really. You know, going into our debut game in the Super League at Villa Park, big setting, huge occasion. Um, and that first 15, 20 minutes, you saw that. Uh, and a little bit of, of, of focus, lack of concentration. Um, and ultimately, you know, you've, you've gifted them two very poor goals. Um, but, you know, as, as, as first games go, um, I'm, I'm really pleased as, with our first nine minutes. Aston Villa boss Gemma Davis there. Uh, Flo Lloyd-Hughes, how do you think Aston Villa are going to fare? I mean, Matt just highlighted some of their weaknesses that they're going to have to work on in this FAWSL season. But, but how are they going to get on based on that performance? Not based on that performance, I think they're going to be fine. I don't think they're going to get relegated. I think there are by far worse teams in this league. And I think Birmingham City and Bristol City are, are favourites for relegation there. But 
there's obviously concerns there and, and Matt mentioned I think he was really naive to think that you're going to get time and space on the ball when you played Manchester City in your first you know professional game in, in the WSL and I think, you know, last season they walked the championship, they were completely unbeaten, so maybe there was a bit of an arrogance there and they didn't realise that they're not going to get that same, you know, treatment in this league and they're going to have to change things because they're going to have a lot of pressure really quickly and that's not going to work. But with Manchester City, I'm intrigued to see how they do this season because I don't know, you know, I might be talking nonsense here, but... Gareth Taylor's only ever worked in boys football and I don't know what you think Matt about the differences and how much that's going to have a play in his first season working in women's football and how much of a difference it's going to be um, It's a tough one to answer I mean he's done a great job at, at obviously Manchester City with the 18s um, my brother played with him at Sheffield United and my brother's a Brighton under 18s manager so you know he 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 said he does he's done a great job with the 18s it's obviously different when you're managing men to women for for sure um you know so time will tell time will tell i, I mean man city have a, a great infrastructure they've got a good squad um i work with rose Lavelle at boston breakers and you know she's game changing so i think if bronze and greenwood I'll go in there and Lavelle obviously is there. You know, they're, they're going to be a hell of a team. So I, I think, you know, we've got one more game and then there's a break for the FIFA window and then the FA Cup. And I'm, I'm sure he'll have time to work with everyone then. But I'm sure I'm, I'm sure they'll be fine. I'm sure they'll do a great job. Yeah, Roosevelt quarantining, of course, at the moment, having come over from the States. It'll be great to see her in a Manchester City shirt pl- plying her trade. Um, but actually, Gareth Taylor has trodden the same path as Nick Cushing did and it worked very well for Nick Cushing so the City Group clearly have a pathway uh, for their managers to follow um, so it'll be interesting to see how Gareth Taylor gets on. Interesting comments from Georgia Stanway post-match actually where she seemed to suggest that actually they had gone a little bit stale perhaps under this might be me reading between the lines ever so slightly but you know she said it was great that they had a change of manager and somebody who could kind of shake it up a little bit. What do you think of that Flo? I think that's certainly true I think when you've won it all as a group by the Champions League you've got majority of your squad playing um, international as well for England and there there's a lot of confidence there I think it's good to have a change of management because you need to create a motivation for the players to be looking behind them and thinking am I still going to get a place in the squad and you know fighting for that position so I th- I, I can kind of see where she's coming from in, in that sense of people getting a bit comfortable and when you've got senior pros Jill Scott Steph Horton who know they're going to be playing week in week out unless they're injured or suspended or whatever or whatever it's quite good to bring in a new face who can say you know you never know you might not be picked this week it's going to be interesting how those senior pros then deal with some international stars coming over temporarily and how that sort of balances itself out because Mm. you don't want to upset the status quo who've been there for so long and have given the club so much. Yeah, competition for places at City, absolutely uh, massive. Obviously, Arsenal have a slightly uh, smaller squad than most, uh, but still a massive statement start from them. 6-1 winners over Reading, who before the weekend had actually been tipped to be knocking on the door of the top three. Uh, A hat-trick for Jill Raw as well uh, Matt Beard West Ham manager you're facing them next weekend um, what did you take from their performance that you're going to have to uh, stop um, well listen Arsenal are a world class side they play fantastic football um, I've, I've only again I've only seen the goals I've downloaded the game today to watch tonight um, 
just looking at, I was surprised with the scoreline to start off with. I didn't, I didn't expect that hap- to, or I didn't expect to see that. Um, but uh, if you, if you do, uh, the thing with Arsenal is if you press them and you don't get the press right, then you're in trouble because mm. uh, they move the ball so quickly and they've got a good interchange of movement. And and you know a lot of the goals come from Reading pressing high and leaving a lot of spacing behind. And but then at the same time, some of the finishes were unbelievable, like Kim Little's, Medema's, you know, and so. As I say, it's a surprise result and, you know, it's, it's we've got to prepare for that next week and we're looking forward to it. Yeah, well, you've got to be excited about about that for sure. Um, huh, from a Reading point of view, Flo, hugely frustrating, I'm sure, for Kelly Chambers, particularly because people had tipped them to, to do well. Probably the only decent consolation was that Danielle Carter, after so long out injured, managed to score against her former side, although she was gifted it a little bit by Zinsberger. <laughs> Yeah, I was really surprised about the result. I think a lot of people had Reading and Everton down as potential top four, um, you know, to to catch that fourth place and to build on some really good seasons. And they've added good players to the squad, Jess, Jess Fishlock, Emma Mitchell. So I think that was really a bit of a shock for a lot of people and hopefully won't sort of tell the story for the rest of the season. They'll be able to bounce back from that because that is a, big knock for confidence and you'd hope that they'll be able to kind of get together as a group and not let that continue but yeah Arsenal just world class every week and it's going to be really interesting to see when they do face Chelsea Man City how how those games you know match up yeah, be interesting to see how they fare against West Ham as well, Matt. We're looking forward to that very much. Uh, this is Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2. I'm Faker Rothers. We'll hear more from West Ham uh, women's manager Matt Beard and journalist Flo Lloyd-Hughes shortly. Uh, as I said earlier, the nominations are out for the PFA Player of the Year, announced on Tuesday. But today we're going to ask uh, you who your Player of the Year is and why. doesn't have to be one of the PFA-nominated players, by the way. We just want to know who your choice is and exactly why. So get in touch tweeting us at TalkSport2 or at Faker Others. A little bit more admin for you. If you miss any of this, you can catch up by downloading and subscribing our podcast, which is available through Apple and Spotify products. You just need to search TalkSport Women's Football Weekly. Uh, coming up, though, we're going to talk through the rest of the weekend's results with a focus on West Ham and, of course, fans finally being allowed in to watch football. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others. Hi, I'm Ashley from Putnam Hotspur and you're listening to the Women's Football Weekly on Talksport 2. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. This is Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others on TalkSport 2. Weekly on Talksport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football. With me, Fake Carruthers, West Ham women's manager Matt Beard, and journalist Flo Lloyd Hughes. Okay, we've touched on this already. Tottenham won, West Ham uh, won. But let's talk the Amers now, bearing in mind. West Ham manager Matt Beard is in the studio with us. It is a privilege to actually... I know you've been on the show loads of times, but it's normally uh, on the phone or, or or some other method that we use. And especially in lockdown, obviously, you couldn't come in. So it's great actually having you face-to-face. It means I can grill you without you trying to hide, going, <laughs> oh, no, the line static has gone down. <laughs> uh, so how optimistic are you about the season? Point on the board already against a team, as you said earlier, who beat you twice last season. Yeah, no, we're, we're really optimistic. I, I think the biggest thing for me is we had six weeks to set the club up in that first year. Um, the second year we made numerous changes. There was 13 changes in sort of two transfer windows and um, every single one of them had come from overseas. So we didn't get the opportunity last year to finish the work that we were doing. Um, and I think if you look at our last performance against Liverpool before we went into lockdown, it's probably one of our best performances. And it was a performance that, that we had been threatening for a long time. Um, so we're optimistic. We kept the main core of the group we wanted to keep, Julie, Kenza, um, you know, numerous others as well. And we've added that with some real quality this year, you know, international experience. If you look at the players that... I was able to bring off the bench yesterday as well, so so we're optimistic. We know it's gonna um, it's gonna be. I've said it already. It's gonna be the most exciting um, FAWCL ever with all the players that have come into the league. But you know, we feel we can hold our own, and we feel we've definitely closed the gap to the top teams with the with the eleven and the the, the squad depth that we've got. So we're excited to see you know what we can achieve this year. It was consistency that frustrated you last season, wasn't it? Because you'd put in a great performance and then the following week something wouldn't quite go right. Yeah, listen, I'm a, I made a massive mistake at the start of the season last year because I brought so many different players in from different cultures, different styles of football. I let a lot go early. Um, I should have, you know, I've, I've never ever done that in my life and it was a big learning curve for me um, and, and that was our biggest issue was the consistency. I think we went... You know, December was a good month for us and then we come back after January and it was a nightmare. And I do wonder with that flu that we had, whether that was maybe coronavirus or something we have spoken about internally mm. because I've never seen anything like it, to be perfectly honest with you. You were decimated, weren't you? Oh, it, was, it was unbelievable. It was a whole squad. I think I had 
six fit players. So mm. it, it was it was unbelievable. But uh, I don't remember that had an effect in January or February. But then look, I gave him a few days off. We'd lost to Reading two and um at Adams Park. We had a few days off and we come back in and. You know, we just sorted a few things out and obviously the documentary's out now so people will be able to get to to see a little bit about what was going on but um, the consistency is going to be key for me and fitness levels as well we're really fit this year and I'm, I'm really pleased with the work that's gone into pre-season I know Flo has watched some of the documentary already you enjoyed it? Yeah I think it's really great I think I mean, I spent most of the time laughing and smiling, so I think it's a really positive show. I'm sure the experience was not the same for Matt. Um, it's yet another reminder of why I would never want to be a football manager. It just like, looks like the most stressful job, and it's so intense all the time, and you just must carry that with you all the time. So I think it's a great reflection of what it's like working in football as a manager, but also the reality of being a women's footballer and how for a lot of players, even playing in the top league, which is full-time professional league, it's not, you know, you're not a celebrity you're not making tons of money you're rooming with three or four other women you know you've often got people coming to your house staying there and having to sleep on the sofa it's not you know glamorous it's, it's a grueling career and you're not probably going to make a ton of money and be able to retire at 35 you're thinking and, and Julie Fatley talks about this in the documentary like what can I create as a business for when I do have to hang up my boots and me and my partner need to make money and I think it's a great reality check for that I think the previous show that, that the club had done, I think, was maybe less about the reality of women's football. And I think this is a great reflection of that. And it's really funny. Like, you can see Matt and, Matt's, and the Matt's squad. Matt's not laughing, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can see how how the group of players that Matt has, you know, how tight and close they are. They all really love each other. There's some really emotional moments with where players are sort of crying and talking about how much they, they love each other and how much they want to work together and win as a group. And I think you see the, the, the pressures and, and the emotions that goes into it and you also just see the funny moments between Matt and his coaching staff and I think it's great I would really yeah really recommend it to anyone um, I think it's it's really fun what's it called Matt? Squad goals squad goals <laughs> excellent well I'm looking forward to downloading that one I watched the first the first series so yeah very much looking forward to this second uh, documentary right tough one next week against Arsenal um, but two reasons to look forward to this match for you Matt um Firstly, first match in your new home because you're going to be sharing Victoria Road with Dagenham and Redbridge from now on. Yeah, yeah, we're really pleased with the move. It's it's going to be a great move for for the supporters. Um, we had a fantastic playing surface at uh, Rush Green, um, but we had limited seats. Um, so moving to Dagenham, it's going to be a great move for for the fans, as I said, and it's it's a football stadium as well. So it's it's it's, it's better for, for for the players, in my opinion. Um, and also it's closer to the transport links as well you know the train station just around the corner so makes a that's, big that's, difference it does it does but yeah no we're really looking forward to it it's going to be a, a good partnership for us second reason to be excited Saturday's match is going to be the first competitive football match to be staged in front of fans since the coronavirus lockdown I know Talk Sport are going to are going to be there very much looking forward to it how exactly is it going to work I know you've been on a lot of the, the, the Zoom calls discussing it um, what's the plan? Well, I've been on them. <laughs> I've, <laughs> Has I've, he been I've, I've been listening. No, I have. I have. I've been listening. <laughs> um, but obviously, you've got the red zones, the amber zones, the green zones, etc. And there's <laughs> going to be zones. yeah, you've got all these different zones and, and, and social distancing and stuff like that. But listen, well, I'm just delighted that we can bring the fans back. You know, um, I, I actually asked the fans before uh, our game the weekend if they could just get me some messages sent uh, to the players, and you know, we, we we got a little video done and. Uh, uh, a PDF of a load of messages, so we're really, really grateful for that. And you know, hopefully, we can reward them because uh, their their support 
throughout the the coronavirus and stuff like that and the recruitment we've done they've been they've been fantastic so I can't wait to wel- welcome them back and there'll definitely be a big bonus and boost for the players on the day as well. I was going to ask so I think maximum number is a thousand we yes. discussed earlier I mean how much of a difference is that going to be and how much of a responsibility do, do you feel that your game has been selected for this? Um, I guess that's the responsibility is obviously it's a big responsibility um, you know I've, I've as I said I've I've been listening to and been party to some of the meetings that have been going on um, so so from that perspective there's a lot of pressure on I guess the the, the club to make sure that it, it, it runs smoothly um, but we're, we're just we're just excited that we can welcome the fans back and if I go back to some of the games at Rush Green that we had like the Man United one last year when we equalised and how they gave us the lift it was an unbelievable atmosphere so the good thing with with Dagenham is quite an enclosed ground as well, so we're we're looking forward to seeing what noise they can create for us. Absolutely, I I, I can't wait to see fans back in flow. Uh, it's so important, but particularly for women's football, it, it it it's got a real unique fan base, and for them to be excluded from watching their team, I mean, it's it's difficult for all football fans, but particularly when th- there's such a core set of loyal supporters with women's clubs, it's been hard. Yeah, and it's not only that, it's also the revenue. You know, these there's not a lot of other income sources in women's football yet. So having the ticket revenue is an extra bonus for clubs and to not have had that for so long because the season was postponed and we know what happened after that is, is a real loss. So to be able to get a little bit of revenue trickling in is going to be so good for the clubs because, you know, some of them have spent a fair whack this summer. So to be able to then bring the fans in to see these huge players that have come over, I think that's what's maybe a bit frustrating. And obviously we can't do much about a global pandemic but this is going to be like Matt said a really historic season for the league with all these huge names that have come over and getting fans there to be able to watch it is so important because you want those big stars to you know go go home and say you know I want to come back and play in England or remember that amazing season that I had playing over in England and we know from what you know, the football we had during lockdown how kind of hollow those games were with no fans yeah it's going to be great to have them back I hope you've all got your singing voices on West Ham fans and you've come up with some new tunes uh, for the new season a couple more games to, to get round uh, Brighton 2 Birmingham nil. first game in charge uh, for Birmingham's new manager Carla Ward didn't end very well um, she was obviously at championship runners up Sheffield United last season tough task ahead for her Matt yeah, she was obviously coming late. Um, had sat to sort of rush her recruitment, I guess, because I didn't have have uh, many players from from what you could see from the outside in. We actually played them a couple of weeks ago, and I was quite impressed with them. She had them organised. Um, and I, I guess with the additions that they've made, you know, I, I think they'll be obviously fighting relegation. Um, I don't think, uh, you know, I think Carla knows that. So I, I, I do think that they've got a chance of staying up because they are organised. Um, they have recruited some good players in Rachel Corsi, who's going to be a big, a big part of that for them. Um, they've got a good goalkeeper as well, which is, which is a big bonus uh, for, for them. So, but it's not the start they were wanted, but um, I'm sure they'll, they'll grow as the season goes. But for Brighton, I mean, they had a strange season last year, really. Um, a little bit inconsistent, a bit similar to West Ham season, really, Matt. Um, but clinical from them and, and a good start, Flo. Yeah, and, and that's vital because they're the sort of team who could easily get themselves dragged into a, a, a relegation 
fight. So it's fantastic for them to get points off the board. And obviously, Hope Powell is um, is a hard woman to please, but she was she was sort of fifty percent happy with that one, and especially the clean sheet and fantastic goal from from one of her players and and a debutant as well got got a goal in that game. So I think it'll be positive for Brighton because it's it's hard for those sorts of teams to pick up points, and those they do sort of fly under the radar a little bit. So they've secured their their um, first one of the season, which is vital. Yeah, really vital for them. Some sad news, though, for Brighton today. 31-year-old defender Fern Whelan's been forced to retire with immediate effect on medical advice. Uh, so good luck to her in the future. I know you've uh, messaged her today, Matt. Yeah, I, was, I see it on social media, so I sent her a tweet just to wish her luck for the future. Obviously, it's a big blow for Fern because I've, I've seen her go through... Uh, when I was at Liverpool and she was at Everton and, you know, I'm at West Ham and she's at Brighton and I live sort of in Hayward Teeth area so it's quite close to Brighton so um, I'm gutted for her. She's, you know, she was a, she's a, she was a great player. Um, she's a great ambassador as well and um, I'm, I'm glad that she's she's remained at the club in, in, in a coaching capacity so, um, you know, that, that's great news for her but it's sad that her career's come to an end so early uh, with the injuries that she's had. Mm, it's really important, though, that these opportunities are there for players, you know, so they do have something else to, to go to, exactly as Flo mentioned there with uh, Jilly Flaherty and the business that she has on the side as well. Uh, final game, Bristol City nil, uh, Everton 4. Not a great start for Tanya Oxtoby, who's a friend of the show, but a wonderful start for Willie Kirk. Uh, lost Chloe Kelly, but made some really good signings. Uh, contenders to challenge this season, Matt Beard? Definitely, I think so. I mean, I read uh, Willie's sort of last press conference that he said before the season started that the club have really backed him and he understands that obviously with the money they've spent comes pressure, but looking at the game, they played some good football, scored some good goals, so they're definitely going to be up there. Um, you know, I know, I know uh, Tanya's obviously frustrations at, at Bristol City. Um, it's going to be a tough year for them, um, but, you know, probably looking at the game on balance, it's probably the right result as well. Mm, um, I was told off by Bristol City fans last week for not focusing enough on them because I ran out of time. So apologies, but listen, we are going to focus on you. Um, I know it's not the start you wanted, Bristol City fans. Um, what can they do this season, Flo? Uh, Matt's already touched on on the issues that, that they have. How difficult is it going to be for Tanya Ox to be? It's a huge challenge. She's a fantastic coach and we know that she cares massively about her players. She cares massively about playing good, attractive football. But it's difficult when you haven't got the tools to do that. And we're seeing that at some clubs in the league. Birmingham is a big example of that as well. If players want to move on, they want to move on and there's not much you can do about it. And she's lost Lauren Dykes who's still going to be an assistant manager and be a big part of the club but won't be playing there anymore and it's, it's just going to be a hard one for her to manage Poppy Patterson another really important player for them so she's got a huge challenge and hopefully with some of the recruitment she's brought in it's going to be enough but now when you look at the strength of the league yes you've got some breakaway you know contenders for the title but that middle that middle block is so competitive where you know West Ham are Spurs are Reading that's really tough to try and break it so if you can't break into that middle pack you're then stuck at the bottom and they had such a long winless run at the start of last season and they get themselves into these long runs really poor runs and once you're there it's so hard to get out mm, it's going to be really difficult for them what are the positives for Bristol City fans to take because we've already established that the, the trio sitting here today <laughs> are glass half full people I'd I just think from from Tanya's point of view, she's got a lot of young players. So, 
it's going to take them time over the course of of the season to to, to basically get what she wants out of it. I mean, if you look at the start they've got, they've they played Everton, they've spent a lot of money. They've got Chelsea next and Arsenal after that, so they couldn't have asked for a tougher start. I think the most important thing for for, for Tottenham and Bristol City is that they they maybe win the mini league that they're going to be in, and and I feel they've got some some talented young players there, and they ha- they have added some um, some experienced players as well. Um, so they're just going to need a little bit of time just to to find their feet, and and you know hopefully. For Tanya and for Bristol, you know, they can do enough to stay in a division. Yeah, absolutely. We wish them all very, very well. Uh, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2 with me, Faker Others, West Ham boss Matt Beard, and journalist Flo Lloyd Hughes. If you miss any of the show, you can either catch up by downloading the Talk Sport app or you can subscribe to our podcast on Apple and Spotify products. Uh, next, though, we're going to be talking uh, PFA Player of the Year. Who's yours? Let us know. Tweet at Faker Others or at Talk Sport 2, or you can text. Next, 81089. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others. Hi, I'm Carly Telford, and you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talksport 2. Women's Football Weekly on Talksport 2. This is Women's Football Weekly on Talksport 2. I'm Faker Others, and I'm with West Ham women's manager Matt Beard and journalist. Flo Lloyd Hughes. So the new season is underway and that means that Women's Football Weekly is back in its regular 6 till 7pm slot every Monday night on TalkSport 2. And we now have a new regular feature that we want you to get involved in. So every week we're going to pick someone from the world of women's football to shine our spotlight on. But we want you to come up with some suggestions of whose story that you would like to hear. Is there a player, a coach or someone within the game either past or present who you'd like to know a little bit more about? If so tweet me at Faker Others or at TalkSport2 with your suggestions and we'll see what we can do. Uh, right, now the nominations are out for the PFA Player of the Year and we've been asking you who is your Player of the Year and why. Um, if you've not done that yet, again, tweet us at TalkSport2 at Faker Others. Uh, we've already had um, a few tweets in with some suggestions, but first of all, here are the nominations. <laughs> England shots. Brilliant. A special goal in a special game from Beth England. England hits it. Oh, that's a once in a lifetime goal from Sophie Ingle. Oh, what a goal. That is incredible technique. Kim Little. Grayson. Oh, how about that? What a finish. Here's she. She's going to go for it from range. Oh, my goodness me. What a stunning goal from Ji So Young. So the list is dominated by Chelsea and Arsenal fans. We'll take you through the uh, PFA Young Player of the Year nominees as well. Uh, but first of all, the senior one, uh, Beth England of Chelsea, Sophie Ingle of Chelsea, Guru Wrighton of Chelsea, Jiso Yun of Chelsea, Kim Little of Arsenal and Vivian Miedemar of Arsenal. Now, Derek Purcell, who's a big friend of the show, he messages me every single week and he's been desperate for Women's Football Weekly to come back. He says Beth England for him sets up goals, scores goals and always looks happy. Uh, Adam Bateman's tweeted us as well. He says, my player of the season was Hayley Ladd. She was fantastic throughout the whole season for Manchester United but plays in a role that doesn't get headlines uh, that other positions do. What are your thoughts on that Matt Beard, West Ham manager? 
Hayley's a great player. I mean, looking at that list and the nominations, I probably would go with Sophie Ingle, who plays a similar position to Hayley. Um, I think she's just an unsung hero for, for Chelsea. And when I look at their team sheet when we played them, and she's not on it, I'm delighted because she's, she's a <laughs> hell of a player. What about you, Flo? I'm going to go for Vivian Miedemar, but I sort of wish that there was uh, maybe a new a new award that they could bring to the league, which would be sort of best new player to the league, okay. which I would give to Guro Wrighton because I didn't really know much about her as a player and I'm sure others probably knew a bit more, but I thought for a first season playing in England, she was fantastic the whole of last season. She scores goals, she's so creative, she's tireless, she's fearless, she's so fit, she's so strong and I thought she was one of the best players in the whole of last season, but I I think up against some of those players, she probably doesn't take the title. But I think there should be maybe a sort of best best new player to the league trophy. Or an unsung hero one, as yeah, Matt suggested. Yeah. Because actually, a lot of the time, it is the goal scorers that get the headlines. You know, the unfashionable uh, positions don't tend to get that. And it is those unsung heroes that are the driving force to a team that do a lot of work off the ball that people don't always, always notice. Um, so, of course, Vivian Miedemar won last year. Um, up again as you'd expect 29 goals in all competitions involved in 10 of those 11 goals as well scored against Bristol City uh, last season um her teammate and captain Kim Little as well. I mean, she's always been a player to admire, always been a, a great player to watch. 12 goals and six assists for her. Um, but the interesting thing for me, no Manchester City players, Matt. Is that, is that a mistake? Um, I, I think you look at that list. You know, they finished in the top two last year. Um, I, I think uh, Miedemar will win it. Um, but, you know, they've obviously got some younger players in, in, in the PFA, Young Player of the Year nominations. But uh, if, if Chelsea were outstanding and, and, and Arsenal were, were still pushing, and who would have known what would have happened with them top two if we would have got to have finished the season? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as you said, three Manchester City players, four if you include Chloe Kelly, but obviously this is based on performance. her performances for, for Everton. Um, so Erin Cuthbert of Chelsea, Lauren Hemp uh, of Manchester City, Lauren James of Manchester United, Chloe Kelly, formerly of Everton, now of Manchester City, and then Manchester City's Ellie Roebuck and Georgia Stanway as well, who wins the young player flow. I'm going to go for Lauren James. Um I know it sounds ridiculous because they're all young, but she's 18, so I count her as, like, really, really young. She's still a teenager. A young, young. Really young, young. Whereas I'm pretty sure most of those other players are at least 20, 21, 22. So to do what she's done, yeah, grannies, (laughs) basically. To do what she's done in the WSL at 18 is, you know, to have that much impact and to be that important for a team like Manchester United is incredible. And I'm so excited to see how she progresses throughout the league. Um, and I also think Erin Cuthbert last season actually she was, I think she was better the season before I think she had a bit of a quiet season because Chelsea had bought in new players they'd bought in Wrighton and she didn't get as much of a shot so based on that I think yeah Lauren James and for you Matt? I'll probably say Chloe Kelly um, because she had an outstanding year for for Everton and off the back of that she's got herself a, a move to Manchester City so um, she scored some really important goals for them last year and some, some very good goals with that as well Yeah absolutely well the winners will be announced on Tuesday so if you're listening then you'll know the outcome already so most of this conversation will have been rendered completely useless <laughs> but enjoy our debate anyway why not listen it's been an absolute pleasure to have you all with us thank you so much West Ham manager Matt Beard you absolute legend being in the studio good luck for Saturday thank you very much I hope you'll come back in again (laughs) (laughs) that's it
convincing. <laughs> well, of course I will. What have I done? Flo Lloyd Hughes, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Faye. I'm sure we shall see you back in here as well. And thank you all as well for getting involved in Women's Football Weekly. Don't forget, any questions for us during the week, tweet us at TalkSport2 or at Faker Others. And as ever, if you miss any of the show or you want to listen back to any of our lockdown specials, you can download the Women's Football Weekly podcast on Apple and Spotify products. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. This is Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others on TalkSport 2. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.